It is Wednesday and it is two o'clock, so you know what that means. It's time to catch up and let's get started with so what's the catch? Yes, that is my new pun that is my new play on words. I try. I try. Hmm. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know what the heck just happened, but uh, anyway, the Golden State Warriors, for the fourth time in eight years, they are the NBA champions. I was wrong about the amount of games this series would go. I was wrong about who was going to win this series. My bold prediction was wrong. So I was wrong all the way around on this series. I am not going to – sorry, I am not afraid to admit that. Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit either. I was wrong too. I thought the Celtics could win it, but Warriors team to pull another one. I'll admit Steph Curry is one of the best, but still. I can't. We've been trying to tell you since the playoffs started that this is how it was going to end. I'd like to just say I called this. I called this. I, I called this. Uh, so kudos to me. Um, I called this. I told you it's going to happen. The Warriors were so much better than the Celtics. It's it, it was not even close. Okay, the the Warriors were just that much better than Boston. It, as far as where Boston ranks on the teams the Warriors have faced in the finals, I'd probably put them probably in the middle, to be honest with you. But uh, you know, only ahead of of you know the LeBron and Deladova uh, series. And the the final run of that finals series between the Warriors and the Cavs being below the Celtics team, because I think the Raptors were better. And I think the other two Cavs teams were better. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree with that one hundred percent. The Celtics yeah. put up a fight early, but then all of a sudden they what happened? Good teams find ways to win late, and that's what happened here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the Warriors are a great team. You know, just good teams do that. They're a great team. So right. yeah, they close, they close the deal. They they sealed the deal. They close the door. They're like, okay, this is this is our series. This is our title. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, I think it's unfair to say the Warriors dynasty was ever over, even though they had that two year period where they were, yeah, they made it to the playing tournament and some and lost to the Lakers and then got smashed by the Grizzlies, but for. For somebody to say the Warriors title dynasty is over or title run, what however you want to say it, I don't think that's fair to say. Because you knew who, who said it was over. It was never over. Yeah, that was my question. Who who, yeah, who, who said that? whoever said it was over? That's like saying the Bulls uh the Bulls run was done in ninety in five when uh Jordan came back from, from baseball. Okay. Right, right. You know, that, that's it's not the same. I mean it's 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 ridiculous. I mean it was never over. It was it was on pause for a minute, but it, it's back now. The the people who doubted it and the the obvious haters and people who have a, a slant against the Golden State Warriors, um, you know, they they were basically exposed here by the series. You know, the, the Golden State Warriors proved that they were the dominant team. Um, there was no question about it after the game uh, after game six ended that like Golden State was the better team, you know. So- they did keep it close to the first couple games and yeah, made it interesting. It wasn't a sweep, whatever. But I mean, this series was never really particularly close. 
Um, just because Boston, you know, won a couple games, it, it still doesn't say much. You know what I mean? Like it's Boston's it, depth wasn't even that good. Like Boston's not really that good to begin with. Okay, yeah, their depth wasn't that good. Like as far as substitutions go, they were one of the more overrated teams this postseason. Was was Boston? Okay, listen. Mm. Uh, as I expected, Jason Tatum choked in the finals. He was hundred percent. He was terrible. And I kept trying to tell you guys that Jason Tatum's not quite there yet. That he's not yeah. there yet. He's not. He's not going to be able to show up. He's not going to be that guy in the moment. They don't have. Yeah, that I don't guy. necessarily think that Jason Tatum will ever be that guy. Really, he's not. Um, yeah, I, I think that he's a good. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's a great oh, he's player. A, he's a, yeah, people. He's people really. They tried to elevate him this year, though. Like they, they tried they to really throw him. Did. They, they tried to throw him into the MVP conversation and, and all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. they it was just being oversold, you know, and that's part of, part of it being in Boston. You know, when you're in Boston, you have a history like the Celtics have, like you're you're always going to get oversold. And that's what I think has happened with Jason Tatum is that like people just they wanted it to work so bad. They wanted him to be this transcendent superstar like a Kobe Bryant that could lift them over a great team with a Steph Curry and a Clay Thompson, but he's not that guy, you know, and, and, and right. he needs more, he needs more pieces. I mean, that's not his issue. His issue is more pieces. This sounds like a Bill Simmons argument. Also, by the way, fuck Bill Simmons, but uh, continuing here. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not about pieces for him. It's about whether or not he's that guy. He's not that guy. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy. No. Now. He's not that is, guy. <laughs> and is Jalen Brown that guy either? No, no, no. They're good players. They're good players, but they're not the they're not the guy that is going to be the reason why they win a title. He'll be a part of a team that wins a title. He won't be the reason. Right? Yeah. It's not about putting pieces around Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum is a piece. That's what we've learned about Jason Tatum. He is a piece. So is Jalen Brown. You add to a LeBron to try to piece together a team. Like he's not the guy you build around. Like and. I got to admit, like, I, I kind of got sucked into the Jason Tatum hype a little bit, too. But I, I never put him up there with, like, you know, a guy like a Kobe or LeBron or a stuff. Like, I just never did. I never considered him that good. But I did think that he was starting to peak at the right time. And I did honestly expect more from him this series. I will say that. I did expect more than we saw from him this series. But at, at the end of the day, am I shocked that he wasn't an MVP and didn't get them over the hump? No, I'm not shocked at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you about that, Brian, on basically everything you said. But the main thing I want to focus on from what you just said was he he, he never elevated his game. It, you never saw that that game from him, if you know what I mean. Like when he went against Giannis in the Bucks in the second round, he he had a couple games where it's like, oh, it's that game type thing. Like when he went against, I don't think anyone's going to be looking back on Jason Tatum's uh, uh, postseason run and referring to him as as, as that game. Uh, you know, this isn't this isn't Jordan the flu game. Okay, that's not what this is. <laughs> Where it's a nickname. You know what I mean? No the one's going to remember about Jason Tatum's postseason because the Celtics didn't win anything. Okay? Yeah, I think that was Josh's point. Hold it in the finals, predictably, and that's all they're going to remember. Anything right. positive he did. Completely negated by his finals performance. That, yeah, that, Josh, if I'm I, correct, though, what your point is, is that people were trying to make that the game. You know, they were trying to say this is the game that 
is showing that he will be that guy. And it, it didn't end up being that. It, I, I think that's where you were going with that. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Like yeah. he I, had in, in the series against Milwaukee, like he had a couple games where it's like, Oh, it looks like he's actually like being the, the superstar. We tabbed him to be, I understand that you guys don't consider him to be a superstar. I get that. I'm not. saying I do. I'm he's not a superstar. You also I'm, consider this guy a superstar. Uh, <laughs> no, but I got a good, I got a good, clever nickname for Mr. Tatum. What I'm just saying. The, let Josh go first. Okay. I'm just saying the general public, I think, wants to cons- put him in the superstar class. I understand that you guys. The general don't. public meaning meaning the the writing staff at the Ringer. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're trying to make Ble- this a Bleacher thing. Report, maybe, or, or Bleacher Report. They're the same way. I mean, yeah, I've seen no, it. Though. I, Josh is right. There, there are there are publications out there that really wanted to force the Celtics into being a thing. Like they, you yeah, know, what I mean? they're like, an East Coast bias team that gets the favor of a lot of writers. They've been they've been like uh they've been in love with them the past like four or five years. I mean, they've been loving they they've been all over the Celtics and the Sixers for the better part of half a decade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's all about the Celtics, and they have all these draft picks. Well, they hoard all their draft picks. They still got shit. It was, oh, look, and uh, who's the guy that's no longer their coach? Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is such yeah. an elite coach. I would take Brad Stevens <laughs> over any player. Completely ridiculous nonsense. Because How did they they're get just, Because they're, they're, they're just balls deep on some Celtics dick. That's all this was. <laughs> Celtics fans are crazy, though. Like, they, they are a fan base that's, like, they're, like, almost too passionate in a way like that it, it kind of blinds their judgment a little bit more than a normal fan base. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, so I think yeah. they really bought into their own hype. Like they built admit, the hype machine around Jason Tatum, not Jason Tatum. I have to admit as Cavs fans, we kind of do that though too. Yeah. To an extent, but I, I wouldn't say like to the, to the point where we deify players that aren't that good. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah. I don't yeah, know, I, sure here, but um, you know, yeah. I, no, Brian, I think you're 100% right. Like, you know, we saw even in the Brooklyn series, like how Boston fans can be. Like, you remember everything that happened with Kyrie and him doing, you know, that whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. to the fans. Oh, yeah. I do. So we're not going to get into all that, but still, like, Boston They're known fans, being an edgy fan base that goes over the line. Correct. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. Right. aggressive. That's a good it way is. to put it. It's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Boston fans are put under the microscope more than most fan bases. Yeah, I mean that has to do with their history. I'll, I'll put Knicks fans up there too. I mean, are we talking about anyone that isn't Spike Lee? Um <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 about workers in general. Uh, Oh, who's the clown? I just watched a movie with this clown in it yesterday from like 25 years ago. Oh, Michael Rappaport. That's the other oh, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah those two clowns. Michael Rappaport? Yeah, I do remember. The worst. Uh, uh, Deep Blue Sea, the one where he gets eaten by a shark. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shark. He was yeah. in it? Yeah, he was. I, I found that out yesterday because I really blocked that out of my mind from 20 years ago. Oh, how about this tweet I saw? I can't remember who it was, but uh, it was a Boston fan and it was. Uh, do we need to have an honest discussion about maybe bringing back Kyrie Irving? 
How about Terry Rozier? That's that's the Boston fan base in a nutshell. You or know what Terry I mean? Rozier. They absolutely murdered that guy for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. And now here they are wondering, hmm, maybe we should bring him back to town. Like Yo, that Brian, Brian, would Terry I mean, Rozier be a bad idea? I don't think that one would be as bad. No, but I mean, he's not going to take him over the top, you know? No, that was one of the biggest problems the Celtics had in this series is Marcus Smart. I, James, I know you're feeling about him winning defensive player here, but focusing mainly on the offensive side. He's not the type of point guard that's going to be like, okay, Jason Tatum, I'm going to get it to you where you can do something with it. Jalen Brown, I'm going to give you the ball in a position where you can do something with it. They, that was one of their biggest downfalls from my observation anyway, not having that traditional point guard to slow the game down and set up the offense. It hurt them. Yeah. They they need a they really need a superstar. They're a superstar away. Like unless you take a player like Giannis and put him on the Celtics, like they're not a championship team. They're just not. Mm-hmm. And like I could say the same about a lot of teams in the East. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of teams in general. And that's the thing. Like the NBA is very top heavy. Very, very top heavy. And that's why James was like, you know, trying to tell all of us, like, you guys need to pump the brakes. Like this Golden State team is just a, a tier above everybody else right mm-hmm. now. And I think that that's true. And I think that Boston is that far away. Like, they are a Giannis-level player away from being a Golden State-level team. And mm-hmm. that's why – and I, I hate to keep doing this, but, like, when we keep talking about expansion in the NBA, it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. I mean, you know what why I mean? would you say it makes it worse? Because, like, look at how, like, top-heavy it is right now. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. you want to add more teams and more players that are like not really starters on any other team in the league. It's just going to create the gap between the bottom of the league and the top of the league being even wider. Like, anyone that doesn't have a team like Golden State or, you know, doesn't have a team like the Bucks championship team or the Toronto championship team, like, you know, they're all in the same boat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Think Can about I it this way. When's the last time like the Indiana Pacers were really relevant? You know, uh, you know, or uh, you know, look at the Hornets or yeah. the Grizzlies. You know, right. the Grizzlies are on their way up, but they they have like a year of relevance, maybe two, then they disappear for a decade. When's yep. the last time you had a genuine thought about, hey, I'm going to watch the Sacramento Kings? <laughs> Never. Exactly. I mean, it's Chris Weber. That's the problem. Those teams will forever add- stay in the basement if we keep adding teams to the league because it's it's just watering down the talent even more. There's already yeah. too many players in the NBA. There are players in the NBA that don't belong in the NBA. That's it's that simple. And, and is that one guy right there. up there? You mean like that guy? Yeah, exactly. You could be seven <laughs> foot, thirteen inches tall, a literal monster like Taco, and you could still not make it in this league. Like it is the the talent level at the top in basketball is so dramatically higher than the next year below it. Like yeah. the, the gap between the G League and the NBA. Is like a mile bigger than the it's gap. Like, it's like the difference between like Major League Baseball and Low A. It's yeah, that big. that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of Dean Wade level players. And, and when you add an expansion team, what you're basically doing is elevating a team that was a single A team. You know what I mean? If you're like, using uh, uh, probably 15 players who were regular G League players, and they're now NBA players. Right. And then one, I, I one or two 
like 20 point per game role players on the team too. The, 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 none, none of those people exist. Yeah. No. <laughs> 20 point per game role players in the G League? No. No, mm-hmm. not the G League. I'm talking about on the expansion team. Uh, how like, are they going to yeah, get who are they going to be? You know, who are you going to find? They're starting five. They're going to be nobodies. Yeah. Like, they're going to be they're going to be legitimately starting players like Chetty Osman if they have to have an expansion team. Okay. <laughs> they will. They will. It's, will they start being made? In my opinion, if the NBA wants to move to different markets, they need to. It's they're going to have to cut another team. They're going to have to move a team from location X to location Y. Just yeah. not the Cavs. It's. I hope not. No. No, I hope it's not the Cavs. But it's like when. There was a group in Seattle that tried to buy the Sacramento Kings and move them to Seattle to bring back the Sonics. I would have liked that move. Look at the MLS. That would have been a good move. Not to talk too much soccer, but when you look at the MLS, like they're expanding fast. And Uh like that's a league where like it's not the best talent in the world already. And Mm -hmm. you look at the teams, like the newer teams, like you look at your Cincinnati's and your Nashville's and your Austin's. And you look at how dreadfully awful those teams are. That's what you're going to welcome into the NBA. And good luck ever digging yourself out of that hole. You know what I mean? It's it's just perpetuating the cycle of, you know, the great teams being way better than everybody else. Right. What the way I always look at it is, I remember probably about 10, 12 years ago or so, I was watching the the MLS All Star team play Manchester United's B team, and they lost seven to nothing. Wow. Yeah. There was no Wayne Rooney in that game. Right. Uh, it, it wasn't David De Gea in goal. It was mm-hmm. all of the backups. Yeah. Okay. They it's, lost it's... seven to nothing to that. Yeah. By the way, reasons. that team would lose seven to nothing in the Premier League. Yeah. And look at the Premier League. They only have 20 teams, and they kick three teams out every year that aren't good enough. You know, yeah. like, it, and that's why they're the top league. Like, you look at all the top sports leagues in like Europe. They're not these massive 32 team leagues. They're 18 to 20 team leagues. And it makes the talent level so much higher. And the parity is so much greater because there's not this big gap between rosters like there is when you have a 32 team league. Right. I, yeah, that totally makes sense, Brian. Um, I can't argue with anything you're saying. I think anybody who tries to is crazy, actually, because you're right. Like, there's a huge gap between like the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Like, sure, Sacramento might be able to win a game against Golden State, but that would probably require like Steph to be injured and and or Draymond to be injured, whatever. Yeah. So, and it's like they play ten times they might win once. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like in the NBA now you have. We had the big three era. Maybe it it still is the big three era. But you have superstars wanting to team up. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have, like, genuine teams, if you know what I mean, like, winning. Like, you're going to have super teams, if that makes sense. So um, <clears throat> going back to... Uh, dating back to 2015, the Warriors are 18 and seven against the Kings. Against the Kings? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was a the year where they lost all four games, which are all three games. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 played a factor into, into why it's that close. But if if that wasn't like the year where Steph and Clay weren't hurt and it was you know the Draymond and nobody show, they yeah. would have won all those. They won all three of those games. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what. That's a hundred percent what I was saying. I'm just attaching numbers to it. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's just helping reinforce your point. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting, though, going back to the finals. The Warriors have won three out of their past three out of these past four championships have been won on the road. The only championship they won at home was 2017. Other than that, 2015, they won in Cleveland. 2018, they won in Cleveland. And now 2022, they won in Boston. That's what happens when you're a dominant team. You end up picking up the, that victory earlier on the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't let it come down to, se- to game seven at home. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's why. Like, they never go seven games. You know they, I mean? they take care of business at home. Yep. Then they take care of business on the road. Yeah, right. it, it's part. It just re, it, it it shows their dominance even more. You know, the fact that they're winning these titles on the road in these locations. It's like that's not easy to win on the road. You know, let alone no, to, to feel a series victory. And they keep doing that time and time again. You're right. So let me ask you this: Do you think the Warriors or any team, for that matter, when they are on the verge of winning a championship? Do you think they would prefer to win it at home or do you think they prefer to win it on the road where if you're on the road, like you don't have to deal with the pressure of trying to win at home type thing in front of the home fans and all that. Two things. One, they don't care where they win as long as they win. Okay. Two, that for Draymond because he wants to taunt the opposing fan base. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. But they, no one cares where they win as long as they win. As long as they're, you know, they're they're hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy when it's all said and done, they don't care. Yeah, they're still going to have the same party in the locker room with their team, no matter where it's at. You know what I mean? It, so like, they're, they're still going to love the moment. And I, I, I promise you that nobody's ever went into a game six and said, maybe we should take it easy so we can win this one at home. I, it's no, never I, happened. I understand. Trust me, I understand that. I just wonder if like teams have a preference like you know i would prefer to win this one on the road or i would prefer to win this one on at home type thing just something i've thought about yeah no, they just prefer to win it's period it's it's win period yeah got it yeah that makes <laughs> sense so with this championship steph wins his fourth ring and he won his first finals mvp so of he course now LeBron. huh tied lebron so of, course, so, of course, now everybody's playing him in the top 10 all time. Yeah. Do you guys agree with that or no? Yeah. I don't even have a top 10 list because it's it's a complete waste of time because certain people purposely overrate versus underrate people. Like, just admit he's a great player. Yeah. Kareem's better than Jordan, by the way. Okay, yeah. that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you remember uh, that, Brian? You're on angel dust. Like, not. The the point is, Air Jordan every day. The point is, is like you can't compare stuff to LeBron. They're two different players, you know. And so, like when you talk about ranking one in front of the other, it's like you, you know, you're rating 
apples versus oranges. It's not the same thing. And that's why I think like these top 10 lists are kind of just an exercise in futility because like you can move things around. And I think the better question really is like, is he one of the best point guards of all time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, that makes a little more sense to me than like best that, player. That's the conversation. You, you ever yeah, think but when you player... talk about like comparing like a guy like Shaq to a guy like you know even Kobe, you know, two totally different players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ryan, <laughs> that, that goes to a point I've had. Do you ever think the the greatest of all time is an illusion? The fact is that it doesn't exist. Every style of player is different. Every player is kind of sure, kind of, but yeah, to extent. yeah, but there are certain there are certain players where you just are able to identify they're just better than everyone else. Yeah, and, but, like, I think that there are transcendent athletes. Like I think Michael Jordan transcends position. Like but Michael Jordan could lose against LJ Mayo in a one-on-one game. Win now? Okay. That's the only well, way would happen is now, yeah. and he would still win. Right. The fact no, that you brought lost. up OJ Mayo just speaks to why we call you the wild card jerk. Uh, no, that actually players, did happen. They played one on one. Who cares? But that's not what basketball is. It's not one on one. Right. That's right. The game that they play. Five on five. That, I will say. I will say this though. Like, if I were to make a top ten, it would not include like the greats, like Magic, Larry Bird, and all that. Not because I don't think of them as being great or anything. I just didn't get to watch them like growing up. So I didn't get to fully experience how they played and all that. So I would base my top 10 on players. Like I grew up watching and have like Allen Iverson. So the, the way there are two things. One, the way to approach that is say the top 10 of players I've seen in my lifetime would be the way to say that. So okay. you don't get destroyed for that uh, because Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are two of the top 10 players of all time. End of story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's there, fair. That. But uh, yeah. there's this magical thing. Uh, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called YouTube. Those games yeah. are on it. You can watch them play. Yeah. <laughs> out there, man. Google friends. it. You mean like how you always tell me Google is your friend? Yep. yep. Google 100%. is your friend. Yeah, I mean, if, if if someone ever asks, like, if, if you're tasked with putting a top 10 together, it would be foolish not to look at footage of older players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I agree fair. with what you're saying. Like, why would I rate players that I've never personally seen play? It wouldn't be fair for me to do that. Is what I think you're saying? Yeah, You just exactly. it in a different way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I think James is right. The, the right way to phrase that is just, Hey, you know what? I, I'm only going to rate the 10 players that I've seen in my lifetime because it wouldn't be fair to me to, to rate guys yeah. I've seen watch play. You know okay. I mean? so, yeah, so moving forward, I should say the 10 best players that I've seen. There you go. There you go. There yeah. You go. Okay. I would include Steph on that list. Um, I would also have Chauncey Billups on that list. Uh, D-Wade. Kobe. D-Wade? This, this is this is wild. Did you say I Dean? I, I, I gotta write this down here. Okay, so hold on. Did you put a top ten list together? You said you Dean have, Wade. No, I'm not going in any particular order. No, no, well, I just, I just want players on this list. So we have Steph, we have Chauncey Phillips, Dwayne Wade. I think he said oh. Dean Wade. No, he I said definitely Dean said Dean. Dean. Uh, Dean. Kobe. Kobe. Okay, that's four. This one is, goes against what I said earlier, but I would have MJ on there anyway. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, LeBron. Okay. Tim Duncan. Okay. Dirk. How many? Uh, how many is that? That's eight. You have two more. Okay. Did I say Steph yet? Yes. That was the first name on the list. Okay. <laughs> Last two would be Ray Allen. And if I didn't say Dirk yet, then put you him on the list. You just said Dirk. You have one more. Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. Tony Parker. What? Tony Parker. Did you just say Tony Parker? You didn't say Kevin Durant, did you? You didn't, didn't say, say Kevin Durant. Durant. He did not he did say, say Kevin Durant. Durant. He didn't I say. say uh, he didn't say I Chris Paul. Didn't say Russell didn't Westbrook. Say Shaq. No Shaq. Ooh. What the fuck? I meant no to Tracy say Shaq. Brady. Tracy McGrady. Okay, Tracy guys that could have made this list. Tracy McGrady put over Chauncey. No, no, okay, this is I, no, no, I, I, I use pen. This isn't pencil. This is pen. This is pen. <laughs> I'm holding your feet to the fire. I, I, I even I mean, I, I, I could have gone with your original list and had Stephen Dirk on here twice. That would have been entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I also, why you ask this? Why do you put really Chauncey in there? Can you tell me why you, you have Chauncey in there and Tony Parker? I want to hear what your reasoning is. So, with Chauncey, um, I watched a lot of the Pistons growing up. I watched what they did in 2004 to, what was it, 2010. Okay, and I really thought Chauncey played well as Obviously, especially during that finals. So, against the uh, Lakers. And then that series against the Spurs in 05 was fantastic. So, but, question. Question. Did you even I, I noticed you mentioned both the Lakers and the Spurs here. So, some notable players from those teams, which you have omitted. Carl Malone. Ooh. Gary Payton. Ooh. Robert Ooh. Robert Ory's not the best. Did you see Shaq? I'm sorry. I, no, I stupidly not on his list. Shaq's stupidly, not on either. Stupidly, I did not say Shaq, and I Is trust Paul me. I was on the list. Trust me, I had been thinking about this all week, and I kept putting Shaq on the list. So I. Then why didn't you? So, I I just forgot to. That's all. So you have Ray Allen, but not Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett. I okay, I oh, fucked up. I that's what he would say. That's what well, Shaq my would say. Question, Josh. My question was: You did you intentionally leave Kevin Durant off the top ten? No. Okay, so you do think he's top ten? Yes. Okay, so let okay out of the original people you named, kick one out. Okay. All right, Tony Parker, kick him out. Add Kevin Durant. Easy. Good. There you go. Now is you're Kobe on the list. Yeah, I mean, Kobe is on the list. Now yes. this list is a lot more respectable. Is Paul Pierce on the list? Is Paul Pierce on the list? No. No. We covered no. that already. Yeah. yeah. No. Kevin, Grant, no. Or Kevin Garnett also not on the list. I, Kevin Garnett on the, not on the okay. list? Okay. KG was a... You do know only out. 10 people can go on a top 10 list, right, Chirk? Because you've... No, I, I'm just like saying some of these names are like... 
I, yeah, right. But okay, like you. Who, the whole uh, thing is so subjective, though, Chuck. Like, obviously, you and I are not going to agree on it. Um, I didn't put them in any order. I just wanted to name the players who were. I, <laughs> I, I, right. I admit. I, okay. This okay. is why the this is why a top ten list show is not the best content. <laughs> this is exactly why. Yeah, I, because it goes off the rails and like we we just make a mess of it. Everybody okay. makes a mess of it when this they is try. What we have here, we have this now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's Joss's list. <laughs> I would say there's there's only a certain amount of it that I think is subjective though. I think that there are objectively a couple players in your lifetime that are on the top 10 list, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's very subjective to argument. And obviously that's, to me, Kobe and LeBron and Kareem. Michael Jordan. What about Kareem? I'm talking about I'm... on his list that we just covered. Okay. Like those, those players, I think, are like – if anybody leaves those three off of their list – their list is garbage. Throw it away. It's a it's yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The other name I would include in that mix would be Dwayne Wade, but I, but I understand what you're saying with Kobe, LeBron, and MJ. Yeah, and Durant. Uh, I throw Durant in there too. Yes. So I, I, I think that there are five that if all five of those players are not in your top ten, your top ten is just dumb. yeah, it's just trash. Trust me, I meant to originally say Durant. It just escaped my mind. I know you wouldn't leave him off there. No. I, you know, I have feelings about him. Oh, do uh, you? Do you? <laughs> okay. Not in that way. Do you want to read our, that... you got a journal entry about him you want to read to us? No. Just wondering. No. Okay. Oh, I have feelings about certain actions he's done, had in the past. Is that better phrasing? With him going to Golden State, is that what you're referring to? Bingo. Gotcha. Now I, I follow. Mean, sure, sure I, I guess. But, I mean, doesn't a, a handful of the people on your list here have done the same thing. And how about T-Mac, too? I don't think his career is long enough. Yeah. He, when he was at his peak, like his prime, he was that caliber. But it wasn't mm-hmm. long enough. Like his, it wasn't was long enough. I mean, I, I just have, I just remember watching sad late career Tracy McGrady on the Pistons. Okay. Yeah, there's some players fun. that that were really, really, really great, and if they could have maintained that throughout their career, they would be on this list. But Gilbert that's what makes this list so tough to get on. You know, it's like there's only certain players that really transcend, you know, opinion and become like these great, you know, superstars. So you say Agent Zero if he was healthy. No, 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 you can take Sabachi and go home. You know what's interesting though, Brian, is like if I wouldn't be surprised if it in like two weeks or whatever, if we were to revisit that list, if it was completely different, like I feel like that list can change all the time. The bottom five, maybe, but the top five, I, I don't think so. I think the yeah. top five are set in stone. They belong there, and they, nobody can touch those. The rest of the five, though, yeah, those can change with the wind. You can make an argument yeah. for any of those. But do you, it, think, do you think Giannis can get himself into that top five and make it, like, top six? 
How old is he right now? I... 25? 20, no, he's like 27, 28. Oh, yeah. If he maintains... Maybe 29? I'm not sure how old he is. If like, he go, let's just say he goes another five or six years at the level he's playing now, then absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah. How many more yeah, champions? Guys that fill the stat sheet like that are hard to argue against. You, know? how many you think more Giannis champions? will be up there top 10? That's exactly what we were just talking about. So okay. how many more <laughs> How many more championships do you think Giannis would need to win in order to get into that conversation? Or does that part not matter? That part doesn't matter. Not to me. It helps if you have one, I guess. But I, I don't got one. Just uh, yeah. get some There's more. There's a lot of players more. that have a lot of championships that aren't top 10 players. Either get a lot Robert of championships Murray. or a lot of records. One of the two. Uh, here's what he just needs to do. Just keep getting the personal accolades. Keep being a great player, maybe another MVP, and we're good. Yeah. I mean, That's he's all reasonable requests. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's not like it's not like go win three more titles. It's get some more personal accolades. Keep being great. Yeah, yeah I think that the when we talk like all time greats, like it, it's really about like the duration of their career has a lot to do with it. You know, like the duration mm-hmm. of their prime. So yeah. I think like just being available and being in the league for a long time and playing at a high level is part of the requirement of making the list, in my opinion. Like if, if you don't have longevity, that to me is what separates the goods from the greats is like being able to maintain your peak physical condition for as long as possible. Like, you know, they put the extra effort in, the extra work in. Guys like yeah. Kobe and LeBron, nobody works harder than those guys. Like people can say whatever they want about LeBron on and off the court, whatever. Nobody works harder than that guy. Like, he is in the best condition of anybody in the league at all times. He spends millions of dollars to keep himself in shape. Like, that's what the greats do. Like, they make sure that they stay great. And there are guys that get, like Tracy McGrady, that maybe get a little bit – they rest on their laurels a little bit, you know. They they go and they lead the league in scoring and make an all-star game and, you know, maybe appear in the finals and they think that they're – they're up there with the greats and they're not, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep working at your craft to, to stay there. And it's so hard to stay at the top like that. That's why teams like golden state are so goddamn impressive. Or teams like the Spurs, you know, are so impressive. Cause like, it's so hard to get to that point. So to stay there is what separates the greats from the goods in my opinion. So let me ask you this, Brian, cause you just brought up the warriors and the Spurs. Do you think that it's fair to say, that if let's say Golden State wins next, wins the title again next year, which I think they have a great shot at doing. Um, is it fair to call them the, I guess the modern, the modern day Spurs? I think they're already sense? there. Four championships in eight years. You know, they're they're already almost there. The the other part that I would say you got to add to it is making the postseason for the next. 10 more years too, you know, cause that's another yeah. thing that they maintained was they're always in the postseason. you know, like mm-hmm. they don't have down, down years. They have off years, but not down years. Yeah. The Spurs never had a little run like the Warriors just did. That never yeah, that's, that's the problem I have with the comparison right now is yeah. that the Spurs were always great. Like even when they didn't win the, like the whole thing, they were still up there, you know, whereas mm-hmm. Golden State, it was like when they fell off, man, like were they not near the bottom worst teams? That's in how the they got, that's how they got the James. For you know, they got James Wiseman because they were bad. Yeah, exactly. They were never, they were never there. They were never there. 
Yeah. Right. James so Wiseman. yeah, let's say if they win one more, then they're getting closer. Like championship wise, I mean, five titles in nine years is ridiculous. And, like, and, and those draft picks could also develop into like the next generation afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't the younger players on the team. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've got any younger players that are going to turn into a Steph or a Clay. To be honest, and, and you know. Steph and Clay are pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> like Jordan Poole, like I love Jordan Poole. He's a Michigan kid, whatever. But like he's not Steph. He'll never they be Steph. Be, they they could be Otto starters, but they won't be those guys. Exactly. No. Right. Yeah. Steph and Clay are easily the greatest shooting backcourt in the history yeah. of the NBA. I don't. Splash Brothers. If they want to go on like a a Popovich esque run in terms of like postseason you know, just sustaining making the postseason, they're going to have to reorganize a lot of their team. It's yeah. so weird to know that, that like, uh, in 2014, Clay was almost about to be traded. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, the thing about the Spurs, it was, like, they, they had the same team for so damn long. You know what I mean? Like, they drafted them. They, no, that's the succession mind. plan. Uh, yeah. The way that they changed the focus of their offense as guys started to age out. I mean, first was David Robinson. Then mm-hmm. you saw them uh, get good with Tim Duncan. Then you started they they introduced you know Tony Parker and Manu and eventually Kawhi. And yeah. that was just yeah. like the the just and the, the way everything was orchestrated and put together and shifting. That's that's so just unheard of in any sport, yeah. but especially the NBA. To have yeah. that much of a succession plan, that 20 years of superstars <laughs> that you have, and you're able to just kind of rotate their how much they're being used, you don't see that. Yeah. Right. By yeah, the way, Popovich is a freak. The Spurs are a great, great yeah. franchise. Like, it, yeah. it's hard to put anything up against what they did. Yeah. It's And it's not like you can accuse them of cheating or – doing something, breaking the rules in the NBA. So that's the main difference between them and, say, the New England Patriots. Like, with the Patriots, you can accuse them of cheating or whatever. Are those uh, accusations valid? It depends on who you talk to. But still, I think the point is still valid. Like, you look at Golden State, it's the same thing. I... I've never heard of them being accused of cheating or breaking the rules, anything like that. Then you are paying attention because I have two words for you, my friend. Moving screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a big concept. They are the kings of moving screens. They always have been. They always will be. Yeah. I, I must have missed that. You, yeah. you did. Because, trust me, moving screens bore. Go watch some of the 2016 Warriors highlights. Good God. Moving or screen shit. after moving screen that didn't get called. Oh shit, just listen to one of Draymond's podcasts during the finals where he yeah. literally says, like, I am allowed to get away with playing the game a different way, essentially. Because <laughs> I've earned that right to be referee different. You know, like yeah. that. It, it just and shows he still that. fouls out in half the games. Exactly. Like it, yeah. it, it, they haven't been pure, but I do agree with you on San Antonio, though. Like that that's a team that yeah. just was like Never mired in controversy, like it, they just everything was done the right way for a long time. And so yeah. yeah, I agree with that part of it. But the Golden State part, I don't think they're a sweet. They're, they're a little cheap. Yeah. And even with LeBron, he was a flopper. You know what? I I actually think about it. I do see what you're saying. And even and, with Golden State too, like back in 2016, 
Draymond should have been suspended when he kicked Stephen Adams in the nuts. Well, yeah. Well, if he got suspended then, he would have got suspended later, and that wouldn't have been good for the Cavs. So and, uh, uh, I'm happy with uh, Stephen Adams did get him back the next game with a with a posterizer. You remember that, yeah. Ryan? I do remember that, actually. <laughs> Speaking of the Warriors, I actually have a Splash Brothers pennant, but that's only because when I go to – no, it's because when I go to these teams' arenas, I like to get some piece of paraphernalia. So paraphernalia. That's, a good word. that's a good word for a Warriors that's, tenant. That's, uh, memorabilia. Yeah, memorabilia. Oh, it's Warrior stuff. It's, so it's, 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 it's not borderline uh, legal to yeah, have. Uh, paraphernalia is. We're not talking about Lamar Odom right now. Like the paraphernalia is a different type of. I was just okay. making a negative okay, I, warrior stuff, so I agree with the paraphernalia term. I now realize I've been using yeah. the wrong word for a while because I always thought yeah, that memorabilia is a way better word choice there, buddy. It's, it's memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I appreciate I'm sure you can get some warrior's paraphernalia if you go to the right <laughs> place. It's out there. Yeah. Okay. okay. But uh, you have memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm. Yes. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. And as a Cleveland fan, that kind of is paraphernalia. Yeah, I, I agree with Kirk to an extent. I think it's a little bit sacrilege. I, I agree with Josh when he said that. I know he said it by accident, but I think he's right. I, I'm kind of with Kirk on this one. Again, do I need to show you the other pennants and stuff that I have? No, no, we don't need. We don't. There you go. I have a separate show about Josh's pen, Josh's collection. <laughs> you and right. Daryl Ryder, whoever it is that, uh, or who's the stooge that posts all the memorabilia stuff? Oh, uh, uh, Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel. Sorry, my apologies to Daryl Ryder. You're all right. Uh, Darren yeah, Ravel. Darren Ravel. Yeah. Worst. He's always worst. Like random tops baseball cards and other. Anyway, um, moving on to some other NBA stuff. Colin Sexton apparently could gain upwards of twenty million a year. Yeah. Why? No, not with the Cavs. I Listen, hope not. Colin Sexton defenders on the internet are just as uh, they're Baker Bros. Basically, they're Baker Bros. They they have the yeah. same intensity as Baker Bros. They really do. Like, they really do. It's it's he he's. Everyone's like twenty million is not that much. It's not that bad. Well, that doesn't mean do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And it's also like that. It's about where the twenty million goes. You know, twenty million to him is twenty million that can't go to better people. You I, mean, know I mean, we, we already got the Kevin Love contract. Why are we doing this with Colin? Well, we're not. That's the thing. Kevin Love aside, but you, you're you're still going to have an extension. You're going to have to Darius Garland at some point. You know you're gonna to have to extend Evan Mobley at some point. Why would you want to? And have, Jared Allen. Why, he already has an extension. Yeah. Um, he's already, oh but, yeah. Uh, why would you want to take money that could go towards paying those people and earmark it for somebody else who's just not good enough? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even gonna say that Sexton's not worth 20 million based on the market, but it's not worth it for us to pay him 20 million. Like it, right. it might make sense for another team to give them 20 million, but not for the Cavs. That's my main argument with the Sexton stuff. It's like, it he just doesn't fit. You know what I mean? It just, you know it when you see it, you feel it. And, and when he's on the court versus 
the team that was out there last year that made a run to the postseason, like it's mm. it's not a good fit. They're, they're better without him. We, we have actual evidence they're better without him. We have a lot um, of evidence that we're better when he's I think not the, on the team, So the Rockets could be a good fit for Sexton. Sure, anywhere. Yeah, he'll play with Kevin Porter Jr. again. Okay, yeah. let those yeah. go have some fun and, and mm-hmm. be on the irrelevant Rockets. Yeah. Hey, speak, hey, speaking of the Houston Rockets, they have what? The number three pick in the NBA draft tomorrow? I believe. I do not have the draft order in front of me, but maybe, maybe. I don't uh, know. The Cavs have 14th, right? Yeah, Cavs, Cavs, have, Cavs have the 14th pick. And I'm just going to say this outright. If Ojai Abaji is there at 14, the Cavs should not waste any time. Just put Ojai Abaji on the card, turn it in, have a nice day. I think Ojai Abaji would be the perfect uh, guy to go with Darius Garland. Because what, what you saw last season was Garland, yeah, he was able to get his own shot, but it was also like having to... Nobody else in the starting lineup really, really could make a play for themselves. They needed Garland to set them up. Whereas with Ojai Abaji, I watched him during the March Madness bracket all the way until Kansas won the championship. He doesn't need, he wouldn't need Garland to set him up. He can get his own shot, which take again takes the pressure off of Darius it I think it opens up the offense a lot more and I think it would just enhance the team does it do I think it would necessarily put them into the playoffs hard to say because who knows what the Eastern Conference is going to look like but if Ojai Baji is sitting there the Cavs should not waste any time write his name on the card have a nice day. Talk so about the fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Here's my here's my problem with that player. I don't think adding a shooting guard is going to be what takes them to that next level. I really don't. They they need a small forward. They need a wing player. So you need to be looking at one of two people: either um, Jalen Williams or Malachi Brown. Okay. Those two guys are tall, they have length, and that would fit with what the Cavs are doing currently with guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. I agree Either. with you. But I agree with you, but here's the problem. Is while I like Isaac Okoro defensively, his Trade, offense... Who cares? I don't give a shit about Isaac Okoro. Uh, outside of the new kids on the block uh, gif I tweet when he makes a three, he's useless to me. Okay? <laughs> so... Th- I don't care about Isaac Okoro. He shouldn't be the starting shooting guard anyways. You find somebody yeah. else. Maybe it's LeVert. Maybe you sign somebody. But you don't That's need to just – And we don't need Chetty Osman either. You don't need him either. But what I'm looking at is draft a small forward, kick Laurie Merkin into the curb, and find another p- person to play shooting guard. What's wrong with Laurie? Complete waste have- of money in roster space. He sure. sucks. Sure. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm not – well-versed enough in the college basketball game to really know enough about these players to say who I think they should take. But I'm 100% with James in terms of what we need. Um, I I think that that's the position that we should draft 100%. Um, So whoever the best available is um, at that position at 14 is who I think that we should take. 
Because well, the way I look at it is this way. They need people that can make three-pointers because the Cavs were middle of the road to below average in three-pointers. Malachi Branham made 42% of his three-pointers last year for Ohio State. I did watch him play, and I would like that pick very much. Yeah. He would be a very good fit on the Cavs. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm very familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, though, to be honest, though, like I only watch Big Ten basketball until the tournament. You know, like I, I don't watch all these other teams. So, like when I look at the draft, like with college football, like I feel comfortable talking about first round draft picks and second round draft picks. But like with the NBA draft, I, I just don't know enough about these guys to like pretend like I can pick one over the other. But I do think that that that's the position of need that needs filled, and would be wisest to draft at fourteen. Yeah, I understand that. And James, I do hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with what you are saying about small forward being a definite need. But we even you even said it. A Coral's not should not be the starting shooting guard. And who knows? He was the starting shooting guard out of necessity. I mean, look mm -hmm. at all the guys that they trotted out of that position over the course of the season. It, That's you know, it was because they had to have somebody play. It wasn't because they wanted him. So, I think Okoro uh, would be a good bench, like a bench role player with like a low minute role. Who comes in like a defensive, just a defensive specialist type situation. Like, yeah, he'd be okay in that role, but no. He reminds not. me a little bit of Trevor Ariza. More so he's than not, He's not good enough to be Trevor Ariza offensively. Yeah, I, I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I've said that before, and I'll say it again in the future. He's Tayshaun yeah. Prince. He is Tayshaun Prince. Yeah, let me get offensive feeling better on defense. That's yeah, actually good a good offense. comparison. I'll he was good on offense. One. Who? Tayshawn Prince. The only time he was good on offense is when the Pistons were bad. Yeah. He, he averaged like a good 13 points a game. Okay. That's not good. Who gives a shit about 13 points? If you follow that one tribute on the team, if you follow that one, or if you see that one tweet from that one asshole who just race baits everybody on Twitter, uh, as Cantor Freedom would have been the difference for the Celtics in the, the finals because he averages 11.8. Who cares about yeah. uh, 13 yeah. points a game? Yeah, that's a good, maybe a good and offensive he play. Defense. He's a great offensive player. It's just wrong. Yeah. He's not even good. He's, He's a good defender. Difference. He's a good, good defender. defender average He's offensive. average offensive player. But, but that's why. That's why I'm saying, James, that even if, if you draft a shooting guard, that's still filling a need because Isaac Kokoro was not a reliable starting shooting guard. I understand that we had to put Sure, but here's the, here's the thing, Josh. Just because you're drafting a small forward doesn't mean that, that stops you from signing or acquiring a shooting guard. There are other ways to get one, and that's what I'm saying. Don't yeah. waste your time on, on uh, just trying to replace Isaac Okoro. Think big picture here. Think yeah. broad perspective. You gotta kick. You gotta get rid of marketing. You really do. He's a waste of space. He's a waste of roster spot. And, okay. and Chetty. Yeah. Get rid of Chetty too. Both. Kevin Love. It's a complete waste of financial uh, assets. Kevin Spending Love money too. on those two players. Would you okay. get rid of Kevin Love too? No. 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 Kevin Love stays. But yeah. what about his no. contract? Who gives what? a shit about his contract? Jerk. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, who cares? Who Wait, cares? Jerk. Jerk, let me ask you this, buddy. If Kevin Love, if let's say we got rid of Kevin Love last season, do you think the Cavs are even close to being in the postseason picture? Yes. Are, uh, you're nuts. Okay. If they don't have Kevin Love last year, they're picking in the top five. 
A hundred percent. Kevin Love is what? I mean, he's not bad, but I don't think he's worth a hundred million. You're Who crazy. Gives a shit? Number one. Number two, um, the money you're paying him is just offset by the amount of money you're not paying Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. Yeah. And Colin Sexton for that matter. And you might as well throw that shirt away if Kevin Love wasn't on the team. So Yeah. yeah. The Cavs do yeah, not talking about this shirt. You're not right. I'm talking about that shirt you're wearing. You could mm-hmm. you could throw that in the trash if you want to get rid of Kevin Love. Yeah. I mean, but that was prime Kevin Love. It, it Still, really but wasn't. that's how the NBA works. So it's like it's like you these star players they earn these contracts late in their career. I mean, look at what Kobe made when he was you know at the end of his career. Like, and look, nobody was saying he was the same. What the atrocity of the contract? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Wall's on that he just opted into. He's paid like forty-seven million dollars by the Rockets, who are yeah. just going to buy him out anyways. Yeah, this is what happens. You win a championship with somebody and you were a star on that team, like you're going to get a fat contract that's you're going to be overpaid at the end of your career. That's just kind of how the contracts are structured in the NBA. Because here's the deal. Kevin Love is worth more to the Cavs uh, under contract, even for the $47 million he's making or whatever it is, because they're making more than that in merchandise sales and ticket sales and everything else that it more than makes up overpaying Kevin Love. He's okay, the hard soul so that, that means team. that means we can pay these other players. Yeah, the ones that matter. Yeah, the players yeah, that matter. The ones that matter. You got to trim the fat somewhere. You know, you you got to right. pay the guys that that matter, and you got to get rid of the ones that don't. And you got to right. make those decisions. Like, not everybody on the roster is worth keeping. Like, yeah. that's just a fact. Yeah, and on that point, I know we'll get to the Cleveland Guardians later, but. They did the same type of thing yesterday by uh, design by designating for assignment Oscar Mercado. Like we had to get rid of somebody. This is so, when good teams are trying to go from a good team to a great team. This is what happens. They, mm-hmm. they figure out what their identity is. They figure out who their core players are, and then they they figure out you know the rest of the pieces they build around them. You know, and those players are going to come and go, and they're always going to come and go. But right. you, you, you just can't you can't keep all all of these guys. You know? No, when, when you're going from dog shit to average, you take any sort of player you can get for the off chance that they turn into a good to great player. But when you right. go from average to good, you got to start identifying who is going to be your foundation. And to get from good to great, you got to get rid of the guys that don't fit. Yeah, right. If we march out the same exact team that we had last year, we're not we're not going to win a championship. You know, so you got to make moves. A hundred percent. Yes. Like, think about what Milwaukee did. They, in order to win their 2021 championship, they went out and they traded for Drew Holiday. They traded for PJ Tucker. They brought in Bobby Portis and they made other moves that put them in position to win that championship. Look at Phoenix. Would the, would the Suns have been in the NBA Finals if they hadn't traded for Chris Paul? Would they have even made the playoffs if they hadn't traded for Chris Paul? Look at the Oklahoma City. I'll give you, I'll give you a di- I'll give you a different example, and I think this one's more applicable. Okay, Fair. think back to about ten years ago when the Warriors made the decision to move on from Monte Ellis. Okay, mm-hmm. Monte Ellis is a good scorer; he can score points. But they identified they're not going to win jack shit with him on their roster, so they moved him. Yeah, you know Steph was almost part of that trade. Same with David Lee. That's what happens. Sometimes guys are almost part of trades, but they have to identify guys like we're not going to win with this guy. 
Sure, he can score, but he's not going to get us to that next level. Yeah. Right. That's 100%. Okay, so that's a lot of NBA talk. So I think it's time to move on to the National Football League. And we can start with the Cleveland Browns. And Okay, first um, of all, you skipped over something. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what? I brought up a, a basketball player that, that attended this institution. And we need to discuss this, okay, because Ohio State has trademarked the – no way. They have the trademark for thee. Oh, my God. It is finally uh, going through after being talked about for the past – how long has it been? Three years It's now? been three years since three they initially years. applied for the trademark. Three years. So, thoughts? Uh, this is awesome because uh, it just allows – the obnoxious side of being an Ohio State fan that I, I I know that people get kind of annoyed about, but Ohio State fans just love to do it. It allows me to just amp it up just a little bit more. It, it does certainly. have a little more behind it when it's actually got a trademark behind it. That's, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. But as a fan of the University of Michigan, I do that's know not- that the – actually it is because that's what we're called, the University of Michigan. Uh, you're the University of Michigan. <laughs> The, the word the though is not going to be dropped off of our name just because you guys got a trademark. That's fine. Pronunciation is different, my friend. Yeah. Well, anyway. We are the Ohio State University. Fair. So the Ohio State <laughs> University has not beaten the University of Michigan in 934 days. That's all I know. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> 934 days. <laughs> I love it. So, well, almost as long as it took to get the trademark done. <laughs> touche, touche. No, but I, it's, I, I, it's cool. I, you got to do it's stuff fun. like this when you're a college program. Like the stuff that makes college sports great is it's the pageantry and the tradition and the stuff that the fans do that they get behind. And this is an Ohio State thing. It's always been the Ohio State University. We, we see guys on Monday Night Football all the time that played for Ohio State. Drop it. Um, it's part of the identity. So, of course, like, it, I, I think this is cool. If if we were doing something similar, I would have been all about it. But I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm going to talk shit about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to agree with everything Brian said, even though I am a Penn State fan. But uh, as a college football fan, I love it. Because, like you said, it adds to the pageantry. It adds fuel to the fire in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, which I love. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's one of my favorite rivalries um, as an outsider. But uh, college football is the rivalry. That was good. That was good. Yeah, it's actually trademarked now. It is the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the game means even more. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I won't call it the rivalry. It's the rivalry is that better? Much better. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm not speaking as an unbiased uh, person in this matter at all. Not at all. No. <laughs> not no, at all. you're not. But yeah, I think we're all pretty much on the same page. It's fun, you know. It's it's not like anything to be taken all that seriously. I don't think. Yeah, you know, it's off season. It's it's the summer. What else is there to talk about? You know. So yeah, yeah this was this was fun. I thought it was cool. I. I honestly thought that it was never going to be done. 
Like I, I thought it was just kind of like a gimmicky thing that they were going to do every summer, but mm-hmm. like, it's a real yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I, I had to confirm it because I thought James was kidding when he said to me this morning that they finally trademarked it. I, and no, it's really a thing. So yeah, I mean, this easily could have gone the way of Paris Hilton trying to trademark. That's hot, but you know, that's what it, it felt it, like to me. It, yeah. it felt like this was just something like for clicks, for fun, just for the fans, but it's actually real. Like it is trademarked now. So <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. So we'll go into the National Football League now, and we'll talk about Deshaun Watson. So he settled 20 of his 24 cases. So I I don't know if that's going to have any impact on the length of the impending suspension from the NFL. But what are your general reactions? Um. It, it seems like to me this was sort of like they might have been like, hey, why don't you try and settle these things and we'll respond by giving you a lesser punishment. That's really what it seems like. They came out and said this has nothing to do with how he'll be punished per our collective bargaining agreement to that. I said, yeah, okay. Right. That's that's not believable. It totally is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he kind of changed course because at the beginning of this thing, it was, you know, I'm never going to settle. I'm going to maintain my innocence. I'm going to clear my gonna, name. Yeah, clear my name. That's clear my question. name. And so now, I mean, this this is obviously a change of course, which means that discussions have happened behind closed doors. And James, I think I, I think you're 100% right. Like it, this was some pressure that it was like, look, let's, let's get this settled so that we can figure out what the punishment is and, and try to put this behind you so you can move forward with your career. Um, but yeah, that I, I don't, I don't know. I, I also don't believe that it had nothing to do with the suspension. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. It, like, it totally did. You know, the, the NFL has their own fires that they're trying to deal with that are unrelated to this. Yeah. And, you know, well, we'll talk about the, that one in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you did skip over the, the, the one thing that we finally get to put the kibosh on the, the brown yeah. shut. Found the ridiculous uh, $100 billion land bridge geo architectural dome city thing they had planned. Yeah. Hey, base, I, w- I wasn't even going to bring this up. I told you guys that off mic in our group text. After all the backlash you guys gave me, I said I was not going to bring that up. That, that's fine, but here's the thing. We're bringing it up because they shut down the ridiculous stadium. Remember, not because we're going to talk about where they're going to have a new stadium or is, are they going to build a dome or the purposes or, you know, reasons to build a dome, okay? They shut down the we're looking for a new stadium, remember, and that's yes. important. They, they did say they are working on the stupid land bridge and buildings, which is just preposterous to look at, and it's going to end up being looking like Progressive Field where we were promised the Coors – uh, the Coors Field party deck and got cargo containers. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to end up looking like just a giant cement bridge with, like, some trees and some benches, okay? And, and you know, yeah. in five years, they'll close it so no one can walk across it anymore, like the other bridge. Yeah, I thought it was important that we include it just so that we could put it to rest because it was something that continued to come up. Time and time again for quite some time. And the, the local media had a field day with this bullshit, as I knew they would. Right. And it was just, it was preposterous. Yep, you did call that right from the beginning. And <laughs> I, mean, I mean, 
Well, I mean, it's, it's it was easy to see that this wasn't going to turn into anything from the beginning because it was it was a non it was a non like sports related host from and that's that's fine sometimes you get information from non sports places but it was all speculative the the only yeah. comment had nothing to do with anything it was all speculative well if they did it was all unsourced information it was stuff that was that it didn't have any actual evidence that they're going to go here they're going to go there or they're specifically looking at this. It was just all speculation. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that it's all purely coincidence that all of this speculation about a stadium and a land bridge and all of this other stuff happens to be at the same time that Watson is in the process of settling 20 out of 24 suits and they're trying to bury the lead. So what this was from the beginning very clearly was let's generate something that's going to get a lot of clicks and a lot of discussion and have all the morning shows in Cleveland talking about anything other than Deshaun Watson. And that's what this was from the very beginning to me. It was just, it was something that they let grow and they let this wildfire of rumors and speculation spread because it was, Oh, they're talking about something other than what we don't want them to talk about. So yeah, to me, I just never bought it from the beginning for that reason. I will admit I bought it hook, line and sinker. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's why they, do things the way they do. You know what I mean? Because yep. it works. It works. They yep. know how to bury the lead. Um, mm. We see it all the time, you know? So, yep. The, the amount of notifications I got over the weekend for Browns looking for a new stadium, it was like once, one an hour yeah. of just wow. something new. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that like, like, on Twitter and follows like the topic Cleveland Browns, that's like all you saw all day long was just. And here's what kept happening. It was the first article which got turned into the thing from, I think it was Front Office Sports was the one that posted it initially yeah. after mm-hmm. the, the stupid uh, Northeast Ohio transportation blog post. And everyone just kept referencing the Front Office Sports one, then not referencing that one. Then the next one referenced that one that referenced, and it just it kept doing that over and over and over again. It right. was It yeah. was aggregation after aggregation. Nothing was added. Yeah. Right, which is exactly what you kept saying in the group text. And finally, I got the message, but it took a while. I will admit, but it's put but, to bed now. It is not happening. It is done. Yeah, they they put people through the spin cycle with this. That's what they did. It yeah, was it, just it, all smoke and mirrors and caused some confusion so that we're not talking about Sean. So. And then predictably, people said, oh, well, if they're going to have a new stadium, they should be at the, uh, the Burke uh, Lakefront Airport place. That place is useless because they just wanted more conversation to happen because apparently the default place for anything new is the stupid airport that nobody likes. Okay. I know. Everybody always wants them to, to build on that. And it's like, it's like, sure, yeah, just close down the airport. Uh, figure out where the 10,000 flights go out of there a year ago, and then, you know, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, that <laughs> and on top of that, James, figure out where pro teams are going to fly into the when they come to play Cleveland teams. Like, that's I was why that airport is so valuable. It's it's used it's used for teams that are flying in. It's used for politicians when they're doing all whatever political crap. It's for uh, famous people who are going down to the Cleveland Clinic. Okay, that's what it's used for. Sorry, yeah, it's right. not a, a giant commercial airport and. It could be turned into something better, maybe. But like, you look at where it is. There's not really a connection to downtown, anyways. Yeah. Where that spot right. is. If you're the goal of this, this stupid land bridge is to connect the stadium to downtown. Putting it at the fucking airport just makes it worse. I agree. I think so yeah. too. 
You yeah, make it even more no better on that. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the airport, actually, with the day the Guardians played the A's in that like eleven thirty start time, I went mm-hmm. out on my uncle's boat and we actually saw the Oakland A's plane take off from Burke Lake Front Airport. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do they actually have the Oakland Athletics painted on the plane? No. No. Okay. No, they got to save money for Moneyball. Yeah, was, everybody. Uh, uh, it's funny. Like some teams do do that, though. Like they right. They like Detroit does that. that. Like the. Yeah. I've seen the Detroit plane. It has the Tigers logo, the Pistons logo, the Red Wings logo on it. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. I'm assuming Little Caesars as well. I, yeah. I think it was before Little Caesar. It was before Little Caesars Arena. That I saw. It. Well, no, so, well, well, Little Caesars is the parent company that owns all those teams. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't think Will Caesars was on it. Uh, I'm just saying because you know the, the Illiches own all of that. <laughs> In addition to like 30 percent of downtown Detroit, with Dan Gilbert owning the other 70. A lot of pizza and, comes from that area. Domino's Pizza too. Yeah. There. <laughs> anyway, you have on the rundown: Roger Goodell is a liar. Yes, he's a liar. Why? Yeah. Okay, so apparently you have not uh, been on Twitter at all this this afternoon. Uh, no. But Roger Goodell was uh, on Zoom for whatever this Dan Snyder thing is, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I and, have heard uh, someone about this. Yeah, and, and the complete douchebag that is Jim Jordan asked him about uh, banning Dave Portnoy uh, from NFL things, and he pretended like he didn't know who he was and that Dave Portnoy wasn't banned. And no, you are very much aware who Dave Portnoy is. No, exactly. Okay. Dave Portnoy. Is. You know who he is. Okay, you're, you're the you're the company that you're, that removed him from the Super Bowl when he was there in disguise, which was kind mm-hmm. of funny. Oh, uh, you're the one uh, who had him arrested when they were protesting Tom Brady's suspension for Deflategate. You're the one who passed out flyers with uh, pictures of barstool personalities on them, saying keep them away from anything Super Bowl related. You're the one who ran a auction to see who can watch a football game with you in your basement. Portnoy won it, and it suddenly just disappeared. That was so funny. I forgot that he, he won that auction. He paid, like, an exorbitant amount of money. It was him and Marlins man going back and forth about to see who's going to win it. Oh, and Marlins so man just let uh, Dave win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this That's- is just a bad look. It's like, dude, yeah, everybody knows you know who he is. Like, just um, just – own it just said look and you know like we all know you haven't banned that you have all the all those people banned right like i remember uh it was a super bowl a couple years ago uh pft was pretending to be broadcasting live from like one of the bathrooms in the uh in the stadium but he was just in the bathroom of their headquarters in new york yeah that was so they were actively searching for him and they Mm -hmm. couldn't find him because he wasn't there yeah they have a a giant list of barstool personalities that are are I'm pretty sure that it was like emailed league wide too. Mm-hmm. It, it, a lot it's, of got Dave, it's got big cat. It's got Jared Carabas for some reason. Um, you know, noted NFL personality and analyst, yeah, Jared Carabas. Yeah. Him and all his yeah. NFL. Prowess. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking dude's a liar. He always has been. He's, yep. he's just. Yep. Dude is 100% a liar, but um, Roger. Good. Or, wow. Bad, bad transition. I don't know what the hell I was trying to say there. But should that. I take two? Rob Gronkowski is 
retiring again. Come I to the Browns. I much like Tom Brady's retirement. I don't believe this for one second. I think he will be back out on the field with the Buccaneers in end of October, early November. Yeah. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, said he wouldn't be surprised if Gronk comes out of retirement after Tom gives him a call in a couple months. Yeah. Yes. We know what Gronk's opinion is on OTAs and all of these things. Like, he he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't think mm-hmm. he needs to. So He thinks it's a waste he, of time. Yeah, exactly. So he knows exactly what he's doing, and um, everybody else knows what he's doing too. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, yeah. For now, everybody's just kind of like, yeah, we're we're all holding our breath, waiting until he comes back. But I think this is just Gronk being Gronk, and just instead of you know owning the fact that he doesn't want to go and show up to any of those things, um, he uses this as a a way to write it off. It's a great yeah. way to get around it, and considering you know Gronk's. Uh, I guess injury history and the state of you know his body skipping something that he doesn't want to go to and find a way to get out of it. Do it. You know you got to look at you know uh, pain management, body management over the course of a season. Retiring for a brief period is a great way to you know lessen the amount of hits and you know wear and tear you do on your body. Yeah, I honestly would not be surprised if somebody within the organization said, "Hey, why don't you just retire for a while." You know, so we don't have to worry about putting you out there. We don't got to yeah. deal with the public relations backlash mm-hmm. of you not showing up to this stuff. Like, yeah, just go, go sit quiet for a while. Say you retired and then we'll bring you back when you're ready. Like, yeah, I yeah, be, see you in August. Yeah, this this might honestly just be part of the plan for them. Like mm-hmm. I, until like the next football season's over and he doesn't come back. Like to me, this is just him. He's on vacation. He's on yeah. vacation. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't come back for like a year, I might more believe him. Well, yeah. If he, he yeah. did that once. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. he did that once and came out of retirement. Right. Yeah. Well, that still remember, might be just retiring. I remember, like, the Patriots traded him to Detroit, and he said, oh, I'm retired. Guess what? He was back with the Patriots. Well, they just, they just, they just canceled the trade. But, uh, you know, if we're talking about iconic uh, moments with Gronk and – the word retirement, it was when Tom Brady just blew into the conch shell and Gronk came running out of nowhere. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's the iconic moment. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. A hundred percent. And we know it'll happen again. Tom Brady will come calling. He'll be the one that posts on his Instagram about it. And then the rumors will start again and then he'll be back. You think yeah, Tom Brady will just be like, hey, I got a new roommate, not say anything about it, or, yeah. or you know, he'll post something that's vaguely related to Gronk. Yep. And he could play till 50. Who? Brady? Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Brady could. You think he could play at 50 years old? I mean, he's what, 45, 45 now? Already, yeah. You think he could he can uh, beat the oldest player in the NFL? His record? What was it? He's, he's, he's got to be close. I think it was I think George Blanda. I think that's George Blanda. That sounds uh, right. I don't know why I know that, I'm but Googling. I Google it. George Blanda played at uh, 48. Tom Brady's going to pass it, in my opinion. Uh, Vinatieri was also 48. Oh, James, George Blanda, date of birth. September, September 17th. 17th. Yeah. Goat birthday continues. It continues. Is that your birthday? Yeah. Yes, it is. 
Best birthday of all time, my friend. September 17th. It just keeps getting better every time. In, in addition to Brian and myself, it's Jose Ramirez, Alex uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Patrick Mahomes, uh, George Blanda. I mean, come on. Nothing Those are the birthdays of the goats. It's the best birthday of all time. Hey, the birth—the only one that has my birthday that I know that's pretty good. Why do I have Brett Fart? Brett Fart. Brett Fart. <laughs> what what day is your nickname. birthday, Chirk? Chirk, what day is your birthday? October 10th. Thank you. Ah, gotcha. October 10. You've got to have better than Brett Favre. I have Brett Favre. Is I can't believe I have Brett Favre. I think Zach Levine was on there too. Uh, Mario Lopez. God, Brett you are. Favre. Favre. Could you imagine Chirk and Brett Favre trying to have a conversation? You would oh, be awful. He's, a, he's an asshole. That's why I don't like him. Yeah, he really. Come on, is. How about, uh, no, I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, oh. Brett Favre's the the, the top one. God, yeah. Why do I have Brett Favre? Because you were born on October tenth. You got that Green I, Bay energy, bro. I know I'm, Steve Nash. I'm not I should like have with Steve Nash. Got Steve Nash. That's a good one. How about I you, James? I have the same birthday as Brian. We just went over my yeah. list. Yeah, we've, we've been going over it for the past five minutes. Oh, you, you've got oh. a ton of baseball players on here that are that are pretty good. Andrew McCutcheon, Troy Tulowitzki. I also, go. I also share a birthday with the reigning quarterback of the Super Bowl champions, Matthew Stafford. Nice. There you go. That's a good one. You got Matthew Stafford? Yep, I got Stafford and I got Steve Nash. Man, why do I only got Brett Favre? I, I'm I'm a little mad. Yeah, well, because, we have Patrick Mahomes. So, come yeah, on, so. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is cooler. Brett Favre is just Brett Fart. He's Brett Fart. He's not Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Fart, a combination of Brett Favre and Brett Hart. <laughs> he's a Brett wrestler Favre. whose gimmick is a football player. I love call him Brett Favre yes. because he's an asshole. Yeah. He, he welcome is. to show. Welcome to so. What's the catch? Where shit sometimes hits the fan. Hour two. Yes, it is de- most definitely hour two. Um. So cool, speaking cool. of Gronk's old team, the Patriots, they're bringing back their red throwbacks with Pat the Patriot. I cannot wait for this. I love this. I, I love, love this, this so much. I used to always play with the Patriots uh, in like 2017 in Madden, and I only use those uniforms. They're so good. They were good. Yeah, they yeah. are classic to a T. I mean, like from the color scheme to the stripes, like everything. It's just like the traditional classic football uniform. Uh, there's no yeah. other way to put it. Like it's just. That was not my favorite Patriots. Mine was yeah. definitely the Bledsoe jerseys. Those ones were terrible. But Come on, James. The of these ones. With what the Patriot, like, just, like, down there? The giant Patriot has the sleeves on were awful. Yeah, I don't like that one. You didn't yeah, like that's... that one, Brian? No, no, I'm a fan of Pat the Patriot. I like the classic look. You, you don't like – why do you not like the, the Bloodstone jerseys? Because that it just doesn't feel like a classic uniform to me. There's, 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 like... there's, a, there's a difference between classic – and dated. Yeah. Those are dated. Right. Pat the Patriot jerseys are classic. Yes. Yeah. That I one mean, was classic too, though. I like no, the flying Elvis that they have now. That's what it's actually called. The flying, I like, the flying Elvis? Yes. It's called the Flying Elvis. But Pat the Patriot is so much better. 
I love that logo. I kind of wish they never changed to the flying Elvis. I wish they kind. I kind of wish they kept Pat the Patriot as their current logo. Well, you know, yeah, not every team is every team eventually, usually has a misstep somewhere, and when mm. it comes to logo or uniform design, and that was theirs. Yeah, we see this all the time. Teams are always reverting back to the old looks that work, you know, because we mm-hmm. they, they want to try these new looks that, you know, sometimes they work. You know, I'm not saying all of them miss, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like there's there's nothing that, that is better than those classic, you know, the classic looks that we know throughout the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, sometimes you end up with the Chargers uniform set that you just came out with. Other times you end up with the uh, – the Jaguars two-tone helmets. Now, yeah. There now you go. the the '90s Chargers uniform was good. Every Chargers uniform is good. It is pretty much. It yeah. is pretty much this. Yeah, yeah. I love 100%. the Chargers. They should they go back to San Diego. Yes, that'll never happen. Thank you. Josh Thank is you. on my side. It won't happen. It will happen, Brian. It will happen. It'll never happen, and I don't care, oh, Brian. It will happen. Why do you care? Why are you invested in it? I don't Dirk, understand either okay. of you are invested in any way. Dirk, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm agreeing with Brian and James on this one. As much as I want for it to happen, it's not going to. They're they're in Los Angeles now. That's where they're going to stay. Do I think yeah. they should have left San Diego in the first place? No, but they did. There's nothing you can do about it. They are in Los Angeles now. Hey, speaking of Los Angeles, the Guardians took two out of three against the Dodgers. They are playing really good baseball right now. They are. They are. They've won six consecutive series. They're just. They're. They're playing great. You, you yeah. really can't. Really can't argue with that. They're. They're playing great right now. Yeah. But yeah. First place in the standings, and uh, there's a reason for that, and that's because they're playing the best baseball right now in the AL Central by. A mile at the time uh you know minnesota is kind of regressing and leveling out towards the mean becoming who we kind of thought they were going to be um and the the guardians are going the other direction they're trending towards a team that is you know growing a little bit faster than people had anticipated um mm-hmm. so yeah i think they're we are two different teams on two different trajectories and um it's fitting that we wake up today in first place because i think that they they've been playing like the best team in the division for quite some time now. So and they've speaking, earned it. Speaking of the division, the White Sox are currently losing to the Toronto Blue Jays seven to nothing. There Good. Go. Fuck the White Sox. Giolito make a mess of it again against Toronto. You gave up six last time out against them too. Be- speaking of baseball, I do believe I share the ba- same birthday as Andrew McCutcheon. You do. I, I already mentioned that. We, yeah. yeah. He already mentioned that. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But uh, I have an interesting comparison for this Guardians team because based on what I said, seen from this team, and you guys agreed with me essentially that they're a contact hitting team and base running. They're not a home run dependent team. So they remind me of the 2014 and 2015 Kansas City Royals because I didn't view either one of those Royals teams as being like a very – home run dependent team or however you want to say it. They were, I view them offensively anyway, as the same way I view this Guardians team. They play small ball, get 
get singles, doubles. If they get on, if you get on the base paths, they cause hell. Like when Lorenzo Kane and Alcides Escobar and other guys from that, from those two Royals teams got on base, it was like, oh shit, how am I supposed to focus on pitching when I've got, for example, Lorenzo Kane on first base? Do you kind of see what I'm saying? They're comparative in that front that they, they don't hit home runs. They're more of the other extra base hits uh, variety. You know, they're really good base runners. They get on base. So, yes, I do, I do agree with that. I'm, I'm looking at the 2015 Royal stats right now. Their home run leaders leaders were Kendrys Morales and uh, – hold on, it's refreshed on me. Mike Moustakis, they had 22. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an easy comparison right there within the division. And I, I think it's a smart one to make, too, because they're another similar market to what Cleveland is in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, uh, side note. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we, we've seen that this is the blueprint that can work for small market mm-hmm. teams. So I think yeah. making that comparison is, yeah, like I, I totally see your point and I'm with you there. And I know he wasn't on this team, but – Owen Miller reminds me of a former Royal, and I've said it before. He reminds me a lot of Billy Butler. Yeah. Ooh. Now that you say that, I can, I totally see it. Yeah. He, it he has doubles. He's not going to hit a ton of home runs. He's, a, he's just in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Richie Palacios has been fantastic in this pinch hitting role. Do you think that Terry Francona is ever actually going to – put him like in the starting lineup or do you think he's going to continue to play this pinch hitter late inning role? Well, a lot of what they've been using him for is is defensive replacement and pinch hitter, but he has made his fair share of starts this year. So let's, let's not, I guess, overstate that he's not just, you know, some utility guy that only plays, um, that only plays off the bench. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, a fourth outfielder uh, replacement only. I right. mean, you know, he does have, let's see, five starts this month. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm you know, by no means am I trying to diminish like his value or what he does by any extent. I think the role that he's in now is, is a good fit for right now for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he's a guy that, that needs to be, you know, developed a little bit more. I don't think he's quite ready for uh, an everyday, you know, to solidify a spot in the outfield yet. So I like what James said about him being a defensive replacement too. You know, he's a guy that can play a couple positions and um, it's valuable to have guys like that on the team. But um, yeah, I, I think that this role is a good fit for him right now. And and I would anticipate them to continue to use him as such for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, he's definitely capable of being a starter in this league if that's what you're asking yeah that's basically what i was asking i just don't think he's quite there yet and that's why we're kind of seeing him brought along in this role Um, yeah which is not easy it's not easy to embrace a pitch hitting role i mean there's guys that have been in the league for a long time and you know been all you know all-time players that aren't good in pitch hitting roles it's not an easy thing to do um so for a young guy to have so much success doing that right now it just adds to his value um, so I, I think for him, it's like, this is, it's good for Richie, like to find something like that, that you're excelling in where they can use him in unique situations. Um, mm-hmm. because to be honest, like there's a bit of a log jam with some of the young talent on the team. Um, you're right. So 
that's that's why I think that this role that he's in right now, it's like this is a good fit. But you know, he could stay right where he's at for now. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the odds for tonight. Minnesota is currently a minus one sixty. Hammer the Guardian, Sonny Gray's a bitch. Wow. Yeah, Hammer I, take the money line. Yeah. I I definitely agreed with what you guys were saying on your podcast, which by the way. Go listen to Guarding the Corner on thisisbelievewind.com. I listened to their latest episode talking about the series against the Rockies and against the mm-hmm. Dodgers and previewing this series against the Twins. You guys do a fantastic job. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yeah, we have a good time doing it. But I, I agree. I, I like this matchup. I like McKenzie versus Sonny Gray. Um, I disagree with the fact that the, the Twins are favored in this game. I mean, obviously, because they're at home, that has a little bit to do with it. Um, but, yeah, Sonny Gray is not going to continue to be a 2.09 ERA guy. We, yeah. we, we know enough about Sonny Gray to know that this isn't sustainable for him. Right. Uh, and then on the other side of things, on the Guardian side of things, I think McKenzie's you know, going the other direction. He's a guy that's just continuing to get better. So, um, yeah, I think we got a really good chance to win this game tonight. So Yeah. James, I agree with what you said on your podcast the other day about Sonny Gray. Like, we know once it gets to around this time of year, mm-hmm. he's, that's when you start to see his decline. Like, early in the season, this has been his thing throughout the, his entire career. Early in the season, he goes up, 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 and you're like, oh, my God, we're finally going to see that Sonny Gray that we've been expecting, and then like that. And you're like, well, there it is. I mean, I just, I, I look at Sonny Gray. I, we all know what kind of pitcher he is. Um, it's just, he, he's not sustainable. What he's doing is not sustainable no. for what for his pitching profile and his, his overall, I guess, ability as a pitcher. You, you look at a guy who's a guy who was a pitch to contact hitter facing a team that excels at contact, who just got Framiel Reyes back. And he looks more than comfortable because he, uh, absolutely crushed a home run last night, and it was awesome. that was amazing when he hit that home run. I'm like, Yep, Fran Meal is back. By the way, I called that last night, tweeted before the game, feeling a Fran Meal home run tonight. He did, he did it. Call me Master Davis. Actually, when I went to that game against Oakland, I didn't realize that Fran Meal Reyes was out, but I'm just like, Wait, where is Fran Meal Reyes? So I I didn't realize at that time that he was injured. Yeah, so he he was injured, and honestly, a little time away from from the I guess playing for a minute, it, I think it d- did him some good because he looked completely lost at the plate. Yeah, I agree. Um, what did you think of Aaron Savali in his return? Did you like? Uh, I was he- impressed because he's been dog shit for most of the year. <laughs> he hasn't been good, but you know he actually looked good last night. Sure, I, I am not a the biggest believer in the uh, the Twins lineup. Um, but he looked good last night. I mean, I, I really can't ask much more out of him. Uh, it's just the, just how I see it. I mean, Savali's can be a, a good, productive third, fourth starter in their, in their rotation, but he's been pitching like a guy that didn't belong in their rotation for most of the year. But he, he looked like he figured some stuff out. It looked like, you know, maybe sequencing – may have not been right. Uh, maybe his command was just a little bit off. But he, he looked like a, a lot better pitcher last night than he has before. 
You know what's interesting is you mentioned how you feel like Savali is like can be a good third or fourth pitcher in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Before this season, before I knew like Tristan McKenzie was going to turn into this, based mm-hmm. on what I saw the past couple seasons from Savali, I'm like, oh, he could be a good number two behind Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that has changed now, but at the time, I thought he could turn into a solid number two pitcher behind Bieber. Yeah, I think Tristan's nailed that spot down. No, I no, I'm I agree with you on that. Now I'm saying before this season, based on what I saw, I'm like, oh, Savali could fill that role. But yeah, I agree with you. Now McKenzie has absolutely nailed that spot. Yeah, I think Savali's always gonna be a third or fourth guy, you know. Um He's got good stuff, though. When he's on, he's got good stuff. So he's he's fine, you know, where he's at being in the middle of the rotation. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Tristan is only continuing to get better. And uh, he's definitely probably going to be the long-term anchor right behind Shane Bieber. So. Right. By no means am I saying now Sabali should replace McKenzie in – okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we all watched the game last night, right? We yes. did. So question, question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I want to understand where your perspective is on this. I got to find uh, the exact uh, tweet, so hold on. Okay. I get- Here it is. <clears throat> Here it is. So late in the game, um, Eli Morgan was pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. Luis Arias was at the plate. And Luis Arias hits a home run. Uh, one of the, the individuals from the worst sports show period uh, said he would have walked Luis Arias to pitch to Byron Buxton, who has 21 home runs or some shit, where Arias is fourth. Ridiculous. One of the dumber tweets I've seen. And, and the fact that Andre not called him out while he was working just really <laughs> drove home how dumb of a tweet it was. Yeah. Like, I'm that, sorry, you, you pitch to Luis Arias every chance you get in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was that was just a bad pitch in the in a bad spot. Arise hit it over the wall, but who would you rather face? Luis Arise yeah. or Byron Buxton? People just they just look at the stat sheet and they see that Arise is currently hitting for a higher average and blah 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 and they just assume like you know what I mean it's like it just shows who actually watches the game versus who doesn't because like we're not even halfway through the season already like these this Byron Buxton isn't going to finish with a 228 average and Arise no. is definitely not going to finish with a 362 average like no. it, it it just was like when he tweeted that I was like oh so what you're saying is you don't actually watch baseball. You just you just cover the team because uh, like nobody in their right mind would ever make that decision. Like, I mean, yeah. what he saw was that Rise all baseball and batting average non base percentage. Okay, yep, yep. Like, as much as criticism as batting average gets, okay, it does have a place in baseball. I know people are just like, no, batting average doesn't matter. It does matter because yeah. you don't have a batting average, you don't have an on base percentage or slugging or OPS. Okay, right. So it does matter to an extent, but. Yeah. Arise has eight doubles and four home runs. Right. You 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 risk giving up a single to Luis Arise. Okay. You, you, mm-hmm. He's not going to take you yard all the time. No. Okay. 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, at Buxton's numbers at 19 home runs and nine doubles. Yeah. I mean, it's clear as day, like who you, who you pitch to in that situation. Um, you, you pitch to a rise. Right. Okay. I'm not even yeah. the biggest Byron Buxton guy either. I think he gets hurt too much. I think he's, yeah. I think he's got bones of glass like D Reynolds, but um, <laughs> he does, <laughs> but yeah. you, no, you don't walk Arias to get the Buxton. That's ridiculous. No, or absolutely not. You do not walk Arias and go. Nope, I'd rather face arguably the Twins' best hitter. Yeah. yeah Sorry, the guy that when he's healthy, right? He is a guy though. Like when he's healthy, and he, he is like playing good baseball. He's really good. Like he's a good center fielder in the league. I'm not saying he's not, but yeah, he he, he just can't stay on the field. He cannot stay on the field to save his life. Right. Um, but yeah, like he is very obviously more of a power threat. And like in that situation, you look at like who's got a better chance of taking you yard. Like, sure, a, a rise took him yard, but like you take that chance every time over, mm-hmm. you know, having Buxton do it to you. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I, even though what about is one of the worst parts in sports and, you know, commentary, but let's say you walk the rise and Byron Buxton takes you yard. Right. Fremio Reyes is two run home run in the eighth inning, doesn't tie the game anymore. Boom. Makes a difference. Makes a big difference. A hundred percent. It makes all the difference in the world. So so, going back to Savali for a second, I, like I said, I think he looked good. Definitely can, can get, sorry. Definitely need some improvement, but that's what's going to happen when it's your first start off since coming off of injury, like you're going to be rusty. You're not going to have your best stuff. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm actually going to see him pitch when I go to the guardians game on Sunday against Boston. Nice. You know, what I'm, what I'm looking for uh, out of Savali moving forward is him to be able to stack good starts like this on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause he hasn't done that this year. Okay. I agree. Yeah. He had a very rough stretch. He had a, a good start, then he landed on the IL after that good start. Mm-hmm. But it's been a month since he's pitched. So this was encouraging. It was good. Keep doing it. Give me multiple starts like this in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Very Thank encouraging. You. I agree 100%. And the other thing I wanted to point out, too, is that, like, we got off to an early lead. Like, when you're pitching with a lead, it's a whole different game. You know, like, he, he had the advantage of getting production early in the game from the offense. So that definitely helped him. Uh, so, yeah, I still need to see a little bit more for, from him. But for his first game back, like, yeah, a lot to be a lot to be excited about, I would say. So I feel like our top two are solidified. Bieber at one, McKenzie at two. Savali will probably slide in three or four. Right? Right? Savali in at three or four? I'd put him fourth on Quantrill. I like Quantrill, yeah. Okay. So you guys are sold on Quantrill then? I still like Quantrill. I know he had a bad start, but I still like Quantrill. Definitely this season he's been the better pitcher. I'm still a little bit on the fence with Quantrill. I'm not I'm leaning more towards like in favor of in favor of him, but I'm not all the way there yet. Um it's Zach Plesak, though that I'm have a lot of questions about because um, he stinks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish the sentence. He stinks. 
Um, here's my concern for Plesak. I really want to know how much uh, the sticky stuff impacted his actual performance because he's been pretty bad for a long time now. Yeah. Yes, agreed 100%. I think that the sticky stuff made all the difference in the world for him. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe you didn't say this, but I will. I think he's being exposed. Yeah, I mean, he's 27. Like, he's been in the league long enough now that, like, we know who he is, you know. Like, he – so I, I think that the fact that he's kind of been who he is for the past couple of years now since the sticky stuff has been gone, uh, yeah, I think you're you're right. It, it might be a little bit of him being exposed. Like, now that I don't have that little bit extra to, to help, you know, I'm not quite the same guy. Because by 27, you should know who you are, you know. And for him, right. you can't really make the argument like, oh, well, he could still get better. Like, I, no, I don't really look at it that way. I think we've seen his best stuff already. So could you see a scenario where Plezak gets sent down to AAA Columbus and Pilkington gets called back up to replace him in the starting rotation? Mm, no, but um, I, I don't know how many uh, options Plezak has left. Uh, and that information's you have to like dig deep to find the, the how many options a guy has left, and I have nowhere mm-hmm. I have nowhere uh, any idea where to start to find that honestly. But uh, Pilkington is someone who I think they'll they'll use in, in some sort of uh, hybrid six starter opener role for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Plesak's not a part of the rotation, it's going to be because he's either hurt or they traded him. I agree. And then you got to consider also um, they instituted the rule where you had to can only have 12 active pitchers on your roster instead of 13. Right. Is there 12 or thir- 13 or 13 or 14? I, I think it's 12 instead of 13. Yeah. And okay. at some point, James Karinchak has to make a reappearance for this club. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's yeah. got to go. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think bringing up Tokington over Plesak would be the, the move there in regards to that, because they still have other players to attend to. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. Um, So looking at the major league, just general major league uh, picture, here's the question I wanted to ask you guys. Why is it that only the Yankees are referred to as the pinstripes? Because you look around the league, there's a bunch of other teams who have stripes on their jerseys, but anytime you say – the pinstripes, it's automatically the Yankees. I think they had them first. Yeah, I think it's just that they started it. Mm. So w- when you're the first, you can you can lay claim to something like that. Yeah, it's like Michigan with the winged helmet, you know. It's like when you're the first to do something like that, then you get to lay claim to it, so. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that would be why. Yeah, it's like other teams wear red socks, but they're not the Red Sox. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they don't have okay. a corner on the market on red socks. The Cardinals wear red socks. The Reds wear red socks. Guardians wear red socks. We do. The Guardians play the red socks this coming weekend. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that New York has won eight billion fucking World Series. You know, like they're the most dominant franchise in the league for all of all time. Like, so that helps. You know, when you're the dominant brand you get to lay claim to being, you know, the team with pinstripes. It's their version of the. 
That's why they get to trademark the pinstripes because they embraced it first. Like Ohio yes. State gets to trademark the because that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Fair and enough. That, that's what it is. I mean, when when you're just you're able to do what they've done, yeah, as, you know, as well as they've had for as long as they've had, they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I mean, and fans have arguments over whether guys have earned their pinstripes, that's which is the most exactly. entertaining shit to watch on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, very entertaining to watch. And, uh, like, listen, you mentioned there are 27 championships that they have, okay? They are the evil empire, okay? Except they didn't leave the exhaust port ex- uh, exposed on the Death Star, okay? They didn't get blown up by a whole bunch of teenagers and X-Wings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. It's important to know. It is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking good, though. That's that's the, the one uh, I wanted to mention that earlier. When you were talking about that Royals team in 15, like you know, that Royals team didn't have a New York Yankees behemoth to go up against on their route to the World Series. Um, it's going to be hard for a team like the, the Royals to win the World Championship this year with the Yankees coming out of the American League. Oh, yeah, 100%. The Yankees are just a straight-up juggernaut. Like First team to 50 wins. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So- Kudos to me for identifying the Yankees before the season started as a really good team. You did. Yes, you okay. did. Um, hey, I, I'm i not – even though it looks like I'm wrong about the Red Sox winning the division, I was not wrong about them being a good team. They've climbed up the standings. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, right? nobody wasn't say, yeah, but I don't think anybody said Boston wasn't good. Who said Boston wasn't a good team? No, I don't think, I think Every one of us had them in the postseason. I had the entire AL East except for the Orioles making the postseason. I had them all except the Orioles. Including the Guardians? The AL East. The Guardians aren't in the AL East. They're in the AL Central. Central. Well, I'm exposing myself of how much of a baseball fan. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, man. A long time ago. Yeah, we all had the Boston Red Sox making the postseason. Yeah, a a long time ago, Cleveland was in the AL East, but that's when there's only two divisions. Um, Yeah. I hope Major League – Talking about how, going back to what you said way earlier in the show, Brian, about how expansion waters down the competition. I think Major League Baseball is good right where they are. They don't need to expand anymore. Not that bad news for you. They're expanding and they're going to realign. Yep. They're probably going to do away with the current divisions. They're going to do away with the current ALNL format to make it better. Yeah. Okay. Wait, they are expanding? Where did you hear this? No, they're going to. I'm just they're saying. I'm not. It's not actual report or I'm see anything. It, it, you can tell oh. they're going to. It's they're going to happen. Thirty-two at least. Yeah, they're going to, and they're going to do away with their current division format. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep one current rival, and that's it. Yeah, they've Maybe. already started to kind of transition into that, like with the schedule next year, how all the teams are playing each other, and mm-hmm. you know, University they're, H. They're already watering down the divisions. Uh, you know, in the process of uh, anticipating and, that happening. And the good news for the Guardians, their 14 division that they end up with is going to be with the Tigers, Reds, and Pirates. So, I mean, that's yeah. just going to be forever uh, division titles. Yeah, that would be awesome if that if that's the way that they would love that, that division. That division. That division would just be hilarious because the Guardians would get to like 100 wins and everybody else is at like 70. Be like the 90s again. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. The nineties. Yeah, I'd be totally fine with a division being the Guardians, Reds, Tigers, and Pirates. 
But seriously, yeah. as I it, said, it, huh? it, they're all right there. They're all close to each other. It, may, it would make so much sense. Bunch them up, cut down on travel. You would also cut down on costs. You would be able to save the owners more money, something they're worried about. Yeah, And you just group all of the closest teams together. Sure, this would be a, a division or two that has more travel to deal with. But yeah. uh, when you play in Seattle or Tampa or Miami, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey! Speaking of the Pirates, how about O'Neill Cruz? This dude is a dude. He's the man. Six foot seven, shortstop, dynamic fucking player. That's like Randy Johnson. How much does he weigh? Yeah, I had O'Neill Cruz winning uh, NL Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, no surprises by uh, by him. Uh, yeah, O'Neill no. Cruz is two twenty, so he's a twig. So he's so he is like Randy Johnson. Well, he doesn't yeah. at all. Plays a whole. He could. Yeah, He threw a, a ball from a shortstop to first base that was clocked at ninety six point seven miles an hour. Yeah. Randy or Cruz? O'Neill Cruz. Cruz. This happened the other day, and he only like brought his arm back to here. It wasn't even a full like delivery windup. It was it was it was incredible. It was He's got amazing. an arm like a fucking cannon, yeah, and he can hit the piss out of the ball too. He's going to be a very, very good player for a very long time. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the excitement surrounding Seiya Suzuki earlier in the year, um, I think uh, that he would have been the story from jump. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad that he's finally back up in the big leagues. He's here to stay. He's not going anywhere now. Oh, no. Um, yeah, he's the real deal. He is the real deal, and I'm starting to – feel a lot better about that pick for rookie of the year. I am all in on O'Neill Cruz, my friend. Okay. Wow. That dude is legit. Yeah. (laughs) He's that good. He's that type of player. Yeah. Oh, oh, do you like, do you like the, uh, the hat reveal? Yeah. (laughs) He's very good. I like it. Um, not being the guardians though. We were talking about this pirates team. Like they've got some young talent, man. They're going to be a really fun team to watch. If if nothing else, they're going to be a fun team to, uh, they won't, beat, on, they won't beat the show. Guardians, though. Well. Oh, well. But <laughs> I mean, O'Neill Cruz, there awesome. Too. Brian Hayes, awesome. Brian Reynolds, mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Henry Davis, catching prospect in the play, in the pipeline, going to be a big factor for that team in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the Pirates owners are actually like, hey, let's put a good team in our beautiful ballpark. Like, what a freaking concept! If I'm the Pirates ownership, these guys yet? Yeah, they have. They're all under like nothing contracts. If I'm the Pirates ownership right now, I offer O'Neill Cruz the Wander Franco contract right this moment. Yeah, you build your entire franchise around that guy. He's that type of player. Like you've got him now, you don't let him go. You, no, you absolutely you... take advantage of of the situation that you find uh, yourself in with him. Um, but yeah, I, I it remains to be seen if the Pirates will do any of that because yeah. they to be honest they they don't spend money so a we lot of these know. guys are going to demand a lot of money they're going to demand high figure salaries and uh in a year or two you're going to have to start having those conversations and we'll we'll see what happens i, I really do hope though for their sake they've got such a beautiful bar, ballpark so much history there in pittsburgh it, the league would be better if the pirates were better like that uh, ballpark when they made the wild card a few years ago like i know it's been a while now but like that was fucking electric for the one oh, game. Oh yeah! Like it, that was one of the coolest 
environments in all of baseball, in my opinion. So I remember it, from that, if I remember which wild card game you're talking about, Cueto drops the um, Roslyn bag and the crowd just goes nuts. Is that the wild card game you're talking about from 2013? Maybe. I don't remember off the top of my head what year it was. Because they were in the wild card. They hosted the wild card game like three consecutive years, I believe it was. 2013, 2014, and I believe 2015. The place was nuts. All three, you know. The, oh yeah, the, the, was the, year was, the place was nuts. The yeah. point remains the same. Yeah, yeah but you know, tons of fun young talent for, for the Pirates. You know, Jack Swinski is even fun too. That dude hit three home runs, including a walk off the other day. That was incredible. that was. Yeah, I watched highlights of that. I'm like, this dude can rake. Yeah, they're doing a lot better than than a lot of people thought. You know. Um, yeah. I think they're coming along, um, and they've got a lot to be excited about. But it, it's all a matter of what ownership is willing to do to, you know, make the team get better. If 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 they're concerned with getting better, even or not, you know, it seems like their main concern is just turning a profit. So I, I don't have much hope for Pittsburgh fans. I hate to say it, but we'll see. <laughs> um, right now. They are hosting the Cubs, and right now Chicago is a minus one thirty. Yeah, it's I mean, right in season baseball games, those those money line things don't really matter that much. The the Pittsburgh Pirates are in third place in the National League Central at twenty eight and thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Dead last, the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, not good, not good at all. Yeah, um, the Red Legs stuck. Yeah. I mean, the Royals record-wise are the worst team in baseball, but I still say Cincinnati's worse just based on what I see on the field. Although Cincinnati has been playing a little bit better lately, but not much. The the, the Reds have the worst record in baseball. Yeah. Oh, I thought the Royals No, the Reds are 23 and 44. Uh, The Royals have won more than 23. Oh, actually – Correction, it's the A's with the worst record in baseball. They're 23 and 46. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have two more losses than the Reds. Oh, that. How surprised am I that the Oakland A's are the worst team in baseball? Not at all. Yeah. You saw uh, the team playing um, take off with their chances this season. Yeah, they're 20 games back already. 20 games back of the Houston Astros. Holy shit, that's crazy. We won seven. We won. Let's see, we had three there, four there, or four here. I'm not going to try and do the math, but we won the regular season series against them by a wide margin. They only won a game against us. That's good because they suck. I mean, no offense to my, you know, to Dallas Braden. I love Dallas Braden, but the A's are fucking terrible. They are okay. terrible. They're awful. That poor yeah. franchise. I don't know how long they're going to last. I mean, they're going to be gone. Yeah. They'll be gone. They're, yeah, they're moving to Vegas. Which is a real shame because, like, you know, their their whole little, like, hashtag and team motto thing for a minute was rooted in Oakland, and that just aged terribly. Yeah, yeah. it did. 
Oakland's getting the shaft, man. Everybody's getting the hell out of there. Even Golden State went to San Francisco across the bay. Like it's not not looking good for Oakland fans. I hope that they stay there though. I also got a berserker before we go off the show. Oh, well, it's four o'clock, so why don't you drop our berserker of the week? It is Jason Tatum Tots. What? Tatum Tots? Yes. Huh? That's my nickname for him. He he put up a battle. Tatum That's a a basketball reference nickname. That's what that is. No, I made that up. Did you make up Tatum Tots? Yeah. I'm Googling it right now. Okay. Uh, Is it original? Okay. We are – by the way, you are getting – no Stanley Cup playoff update. None. Uh, okay, we're trying yeah. to figure this out. Anyway. We're more interested in this. Tatum Tots. Uh, I At this point, Turk, you might be the first one. I don't know. I haven't pulled we up. We got that. a new nickname, and it's on this show. We're trademarking that. All right. Anyway. Tatum um, Tots for So What's the Catch. Well, I'm, okay. I'm going to look at what his, uh, his basketball reference nicknames are because I'm sure they're the same caliber as that. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you like Tatum Tot, the nickname? Tatum Tots? Well, you can have it, Jerk. It, it's, it's more, it's more interesting than Jay and Taco Jay. So, yeah, I, I'm very much more interested in Tatum Tots than those two. <laughs> I'm with you, Jerk. I'll hashtag Tatum Tots for the whole rest of the next NBA season. Thank yep. you, Tatum. Find me in the preseason during summer league, and I'll, I'll I'll start that hashtag Tatum Tots on Twitter. Yeah, well, yes, please. <laughs> I'll even when I share this video afterwards on my Facebook page, I'll even do hashtag Tatum Tots. Credit Great. me if if this goes big. Okay, yeah. I will credit you. Hey, quick quick thing on next week's show, I have a announcement, but I'm not going to say any any more about that but it's related to 4th of July weekend. Okay. Sweet. So stay tuned. Right. Yeah, next week, 2 o'clock. We'll see you then. Yep. Bye.